spoken to so many people that uh, came to Christ yes. on that visit. Uh, yeah. It must yeah, have made was, a real that impact. Was quite, that was quite an amazing time. In fact, um, um, after the Billy Graham crusade, um, you would be sitting in the train or on a tram. We had uh, trams in Brisbane in those days. There'd be people um, reading uh, their John's Gospel. Um, and, uh, and often I remember going down Queen Street on a tram um, after work and people would be singing in the tram, How Great Thou Art. Can you wow. believe that? Wow. <laughs> it, it kind of sounds strange today, doesn't it? You can't imagine it happening today. No, exactly. So uh, so we can really say that that was a real revival. Mm. And um, and as you say, you know, many, many people who later on ended up in, in various kinds of ministries were converted in, in that um, Billy Graham crusade. And tell me a bit of your journey after that conversion experience. Well, soon after that, so I was, uh, I was at work, I was in the printing and publishing industry, and uh, soon after that um, I was able to, uh, to work for a couple of years in West Australia with, um, with Indigenous people uh, who were living on the edges of um, the small um, sort of wheat belt towns there. And uh, that, was a, that was a huge uh, learning experience um, you know, I, I really regard that as a second experience. Uh, my first experience under Billy Graham was, um, you know, coming to Christ. But this was a conversion towards the poor, a recognition that there are people who are vulnerable and yet God has a real heart for them. And, uh, and after that, I, I went to do theological training at the Reformed Theological College in uh, Geelong, Victoria, and um, and then after that, instead of going into traditional ministry, I began working on the streets of Brisbane, 
Uh, this is in the late 1960s as what we call a detached street worker. And uh, out of that out of that ministry, uh, working with alcoholics and, um, and uh, people who were in the early stages of the, the, the drug scene in the 1960s, uh, we then developed a Teen Challenge uh, here. Now, Teen Challenge is an incredible organisation, still running all around Australia, all around yeah. the world. Yeah. And uh, many may have heard of uh, David Wilkinson yeah. and, uh, and Nicky Cruz, of yeah. course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, you know, Crossing the Switchblade has yeah. been made into a movie and a book. And, uh, and so you, how did you get connected with them? Well, basically what happened was that um, I, was, um, I didn't know anything about, um, you know, uh, t- uh, Teen Challenge or David Wilkinson or anything like that. Um, because that wasn't my sort of, uh, you know, church background at all. Um, the, the Reformed churches and the Assemblies of God were, <laughs> I suppose, miles apart uh, back in those days. So I was, I, I was doing that kind of work um, simply on the streets of Brisbane. And, uh, and what happened was um, uh, through Lifeline uh, here in Brisbane, I was able to get uh, funding to go overseas to look at various drug rehabilitation programs. So I went to Europe, I went to the UK, and then I went to the United States of America and looked at a whole range of different programs, government-based programs, community-based, psychological-based programs, and so forth and so on. And, uh, and what really impressed me the most was uh, the time that I spent with uh, various uh, teen challenge programs um, in the United States. And I worked for a time with uh, David Wilkinson's brother, Don Wilkinson, who's really Mr. Teen Challenge. David was really the evangelist, and Don Wilkinson was the guy who really set up the Teen Challenge rehabilitation program. So I worked with him in New York and was greatly impacted uh, both by him, the kind of person that he was, the kind of Christian that he was, and also his vision for uh, for ministry to uh, to broken people, a very strong emphasis on the healing ministry of Christ, um, and uh, and so when I then came back from I was overseas for six months, uh, I then I then set up Teen Challenge here in Brisbane. Well, just think of the impact that's made on so many lives. I've, I've actually had, had the privilege of leading a Bible study at New Hope House, yeah, which is run uh-huh. by Teen Challenge. It's actually down the road from my church, New Hope Brisbane, and uh, often people ring us thinking it's New Hope House because it's New Hope Brisbane. Uh, and anyway, so I, I thought I'd better go and meet these guys. So I went to go and meet them, and, you know, a handful of young teenagers all getting off drugs, getting their life on track, and, you know, just think of the thousands of lives that have been impacted through Teen Challenge in Australia. Uh, it really is such an important ministry, isn't it? Well, um, I, think that, I think that one of the really great things about, about the Teen Challenge ministry is that, is that first of all, it, um, it goes out, uh, you know, to really um, look for the sheep that are lost, so to speak, uh, people that are vulnerable and broken. And um, so, so it, has, it has always had a, a strong outreach kind of program, and um, and then of course um, people that then are somehow interested or impacted in some small way, then have the opportunity for a place of safety, a place of shelter, a place of nurture, and uh, a, a setting where uh, where healing and transformation can occur. And then of course the, the the third strategy is for people then to go back into the into the real world as um, as servants of Christ. So um, so yeah, it's. It's um, it's been a it's been a wonderful ministry and um, and also I think it has 
also invigorated the church in many ways. I think that um, if, if, I, if I look back over the, over the years, uh, Teen Challenge has also really empowered churches to be um, churches that are really um, open to, uh, to young people like that who are in the drug scene and so on. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, f- for myself, I grew up in a Baptist church in Coffs Harbour where uh-huh. there was a drug rehab attached to it called Sherwood Cliffs. Right. And uh, yep. so we, we had these guys coming in in a bus every week and, uh, you know, they were all going through all sorts of stuff in their life. But that was just normal for me. That, that, that's what church was meant to be like. And uh, I just think it's great to see uh, ministries like Teen Challenge and there's many other great, uh, you know, different organisations similarly uh, doing things around the nation. Yeah. Uh, now, I just think that's incredible that you, you pioneered that and it's still running and it's bearing fruit and, and that's amazing. But you also have worn many other hats. You, you, uh, you pioneered a church called Jubilee Fellowship. Tell us what that was like. Well, actually, uh, you know, to some extent, the Jubilee Fellowship should never have come into being, Matt. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was rather, rather curious. So, um, so Teen Challenge was running very much along uh, interdenominational lines, and uh, we then ended up with uh, people who came through our rehabilitation programs who had, say, for example, um, a Roman Catholic Church background or an Anglican background or um, Methodist or whatever. And, and uh, even, though, even though we had a very strong link with the Assemblies of God, uh, because David Wilkerson, as you know, was an Assemblies of God uh, minister, um, <clears throat> we, we thought that the, the best strategy, and that was um, confirmed and supported by our board, was uh, for people, if they had a particular church background, for us then to reincorporate them back into into um, uh, the church that you know they might may have gone to Sunday school or youth group or whatever. Okay. So um, <clears throat> so that was the policy. So so we worked very hard in, in terms of getting people back back to their um, ecclesiastical roots, so to speak, <laughs> but. But what happened was that um, that um, they continued then, after, you know, they, they came back to us again and they said, well, well, you know, the kind of church that we had in terms of our rehabilitation program, which is really a form of Christian community, therapeutic Christian community, really, they said, well, well, well church is not, the church that you've, you know, you got us going to is sort of not like that. Mm. And um, and so, so what happened was that... Um, Rather than us being able to integrate uh, these young people back into existing churches, they bounce back into our direction. Okay. So as a consequence, we set up Jubilee Fellowship. Mm. Um, and um, so to some extent, it was a bit of a, um, something that we were forced to do rather than that we strategically wanted to do. And that operated for about um, about 20 years, yeah. Now, I'm curious to know about some of the other things you've done. You've been involved in, in different theological colleges over the years. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've also written a number of books. Uh, we'll get to those in a moment. But I'm also, I'd love to know about Theology on Tap. Mm-hmm. What's all that about? Well, yes. Well, uh, basically, um, a small group of us, um, I've got lots of friends, and um, and we, we sort of, um, you know, kick the football around, think about ways in which we can serve Christ uh, both within the church and also to do something in terms of outreach. And uh, so we thought that maybe one of the things that we could do, because a lot of us, uh, a lot of my friends are actually theologically trained, um, 
and uh, well, we thought, you know, that's one of the strengths that we've got. Um, maybe what we should do is to take uh, theology, which is not the greatest hot topic um, since, you know, uh, in our contemporary world, <laughs> but, to, but to maybe um, take it out of the church arena or take it out of the seminary or Bible college arena and bring it into a public place that is um, neutral, that is uh, open to anybody who wants to come. And what we wanted to do was to have um, uh, presentations there uh, that demonstrated that that, um, that that to be a Christian was also to be a thoughtful person and that Christianity had relevance for all of life. So in other words, um, you know, when you, when you come to faith in Christ, say as a business person or as an academic or as a social worker or, or whatever, uh, very, very clearly uh, one's relationship with Christ has relevance for one's workaday world, for, for one's marriage, one's relationship, one's friendships, uh, etc., etc., not only a relevance in terms of one's prayer life and one's inner spirituality. So uh, we were able to um, to get a, a pub um, um, and the Crown Hotel at Lutwich. Uh, they have a sports bar there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, so once a month we have uh, a music format for one hour, uh, live music usually. Uh, then we have uh, a speaker for about uh, 40 minutes on, uh, on a topic. And uh, then we have Q&A uh, for about... Um, 30 minutes or sometimes longer, and then uh, people can still sit around and chat for as long as they want to. So it's a fairly sort of uh, open uh, format, and um, we've had you know quite a cross-section of people come, uh, people who are not Christians at all, uh, people who are in the, uh, in the pokies uh, wander in, people who, are, <laughs> you know. So, yeah, so, so it's good, and, and it's been quite a cross-section. So we have... Um, we have younger people come, uh, people uh, through to not so young. Um, so yeah, and and um, and I think that's the basic the basic thrust of it is um, is uh, that Christianity is uh, thoughtful and relevant, um, and and that it has implications for all of life. Well, you've certainly had a uh, fascinating life uh, with uh, Teen Challenge with. Uh, working for different uh, theological uh, organisations around the world, uh, you know, you're now running theology on tap at a local pub. I just love the fact that uh, you go down to your local and you talk about God, basically. <laughs> uh, and uh, you know, there might be people listening that have never actually heard the gospel, that don't know uh, what it means to come to Christ. You shared about your conversion experience when you were younger. Yeah. Would you share with our listeners what is the gospel and how do people respond to it? Yeah, well, um, you know, the gospel. The gospel is uh, is first and foremost the um, uh, the story about um, about Jesus um, coming into this world as um, the servant of the Father, um, coming in the power of the Spirit, and um, and uh, first and foremost, um, Jesus um, giving his life. Um, on our behalf, so so um, so Jesus um, Jesus suffered um, in his lifetime. Jesus uh, suffered um, 
uh, on the cross, and um, and and his suffering was uh, for us and on our behalf, um, that we might that we might have um, have freedom and life and forgiveness, and come into a relationship with uh, with God the Father through Jesus in the power of the Spirit. Um, now, very clearly, um, uh, the, the gospel the gospel invites us um, to come to come to Christ. Uh, the gospel invites us to believe in God. Um, the gospel um, invites us um, to turn from um, doing our own thing and living our own way and being totally self preoccupied, um, and uh, and coming also with our our brokenness and our woundedness. Uh, to to embrace God's healing love, so that's the that's the sort of the the heartbeat of of the gospel in terms of turning us around. And then the the, the further part of the gospel is that is that we are then to live uh, with Christ and for Christ, and to seek to be Christ-like uh, in in the power of the Spirit. So in other words, Jesus Jesus is for us both our saviour, but he also becomes a model for us in terms of how we are to live in the world. And that then, that then has huge implications for the kind of choice we make in terms of uh, what we do, the kind of work that we do, or the way that we are in our work, etc., etc. And, um, and so, so what happens then is, to some extent, we as the people of God then become a, sort of a second incarnation. Jesus, the first incarnation, and we as the people of God become the second incarnation, seeking to, to demonstrate the kinds of things that Jesus demonstrated when he was here on earth. Well, it's been wonderful to hear your story today. And uh, I just want to uh, say thank you so much for your time. I think you're a history maker. Dr. Charles Ringmer, thanks for your time. God bless. Yeah, thank thanks you, for joining thank us on too. History Makers. If you'd like to listen to this interview again, just go to historymakers.tv. There you'll find links to Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to our iTunes podcast or check out our YouTube clips. And you can find out about History Makers TV. We are a faith-based ministry and we appreciate every donation. You know, the vision of History Makers is to share the good news of Jesus Christ to the nations of the world. If you'd like to partner with us, send us an email, info at historymakersradio.com. God bless you. Have an awesome day. I'm Matt Prater. And why don't you go and make history? History Makers. History Makers is proudly sponsored by Bible League, who serve the local church and other partners around the world by providing Bibles, scripture materials and training to help people meet Jesus. They provide God's word to a lost and needy world. Bible League plants Bibles in prisons, among persecuted Christians and in poor nations, bringing the love and light of Christ into many people's lives around the world. Make history today by joining our friends at Bible League and planting a Bible that will help someone meet Jesus. Go to bl.org.au. Station sponsor.